It's the commute home with Nick and Derek. From Chicago's northwest suburbs, our hosts chat about, well, you know, whatever two middle-aged men like to talk about. The workday is done. Time to grit your teeth, get through the traffic, and make the commute home. Hey, this is Derek. Nick. How's it going, man? It's going good, sir. How are you this fine week? I'm doing good. I'm staying out of the rain, staying inside. The rain? Where are you? Well, it rained Monday, it rained Tuesday. Today it's just cloudy and overcast, and it's supposed to rain tomorrow and Friday. Oh, I've been in an office building all week, so I don't. I know nothing of the weather. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. That's cool. I put some grass seed down, so this, it all works out. There you go. Perfect. So I got a question for you. You got back in town from vacation last week, and now yeah. your eldest is off doing his uh, European adventure, his high school trip. What's it yeah. like? Um, mm, that's a good question. Which part? Him not being in the country or him not being at home? Or both? Uh, I guess both, and then plus you coming back from vacation on top of all of it. Uh, it's been a whirlwind June, I can tell you that, at least from mm-hmm. my perspective. But his perspective, you know, I would, well, I would imagine uh, he's having the time of his life right now because he's, he, I think he's been home two, three nights in all of June, and he won't be home again until July 2nd. Wow. So yeah, he'll three nights in June he'll be home, which is it was funny. I was talking to my wife about this the other day, and uh, the same thing kind of happened to me twenty years ago, except for I went to basic training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got to go to California and Paris, so um, I'm sure he's having a lot more fun than I had the summer after my junior year. Oh, I bet absolutely. I got to talk to him yesterday, though, for the first time since uh, he's been on the trip, and he went to the catacombs in Paris. Really? Yes, sir. I wanted to go to the catacombs, but at the time that I was going, it was illegal to go down there, and there were no tours down there. He was telling me that there's still no official tours, but uh, there are places where you can go into... And it's it's not a whole lot of the places because I guess it's, some of the stuff isn't safe uh, from what he was telling me um, for people to go. But um, they were able to go to small sections uh, of it. So uh, he took a couple pictures um, and uh, it looks like a pretty cool, creepy place, man. Yeah, that, you're talking about the City of the Dead, right? That's underneath Paris? Yeah, 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 absolutely. When when I was in Paris a few years ago, yeah, it was, we, we looked, and there was no way for us to be able to go down there. And people at the time were really against the idea of tourists going down there. They're like, this is this is people's final resting places. You should leave them alone. So it's, yeah. inter- it's, it's interesting they opened it up because I really wanted to see it. Yeah, maybe they just allow high school kids to go down there hoping that they never see them again. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, how are you? How are you keeping in touch with them? Uh, WhatsApp. Downloaded okay. on his phone uh, yep. before he left, so he's able to send us pictures over Wi-Fi and uh, use the calling over Wi-Fi. So it's not uh, 
costing us anything. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, very. That's how we stay in touch with the the two gentlemen that my wife had the the baby for is through WhatsApp. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Then that seems to be really popular over in Europe too, big, bigger than it is here. Yeah, it's it's interesting. People use a lot of Messenger and you know other things here, uh, Facebook Messenger here. But uh, yeah, WhatsApp seems to be the thing over there. So mm-hmm. I I don't use it a whole lot other than for mostly texting. But um, it works. It, it works. I do video calling through it. Uh, I found it actually the video calling to be clearer to me than Skype. But it's my so. Yeah, Skype does some pretty high-end compression algorithms, and they do a variable bit rate. Um, so it's kind of the, the, the stream is all over the place, and Skype is kind of maximized for the most amount of users at once, not the best quality. So I, I could see why another service might be better. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. The familiarity and everything with WhatsApp just—it just seems to work uh, really well. So um, I tend to like it. All right, you ready to talk about movies? Let's talk about some movies. All right, we got a lot going on in the box office this week. So Incredibles 2 opened. They did $182 million on their opening weekend in the U.S. It was number one at the box office. Uh, at $180 million, it takes it at number eight on the all-time uh, list for opening in the U.S., and it is the highest-rated animated movie uh, opening ever. Wow, that's amazing. I, 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 I can't wait to see the movie. Um, I've heard some really nice reviews about it, and, um, you know, I'm a fan, so uh, I definitely can't wait to see it. I'm glad to see it's doing well, though. Those Pixars, they're like the only people in the world that can make a sequel that, like, stands up to the first one. It's crazy how they do that, so. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, me too. I'm excited to see it. Uh, number two in the box office was Ocean's 8. They did another $18 million in their second week. That takes them to $78 million total. Number three was the opening of Tag. They opened it making uh, fourteen point nine million. So, pretty good sign I, for an, for an I opening week. I saw Tag. Oh, you did? Yes, Saturday night. Tara and I went and we saw Tag the night before Malachi left because we knew it would be a while before we'd be able to go out. So, I saw Tag. What'd you think? I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. a really there was a lot of really funny parts to it. It's um. The story in regards to it was, was good. You know, it's kind of heartwarming at the end and everything because it all boils down to, you know, these guys' friendship. And, um, it was based on a true story. I didn't know that. Yeah. I saw that in the previews that they, they talk about that. I, yeah, I must have missed that part and it was based on a true story. So at the very end, you get like a montage of the real people and everything like that. So it's pretty cool. cool. I liked Very it. It was, cool. it was funny. It was a funny movie. Nice. All right. Number four is Solo, a Star Wars story. They did another $10 million this weekend. It is their fourth weekend, and they're making $193 million so far. I heard news that, about Solo today. Oh, what's that? That uh, Disney, even though they haven't come out and said it, the rumor is that they've placed all separate uh, uh individual Star Wars movies on hold. Really? Yes, sir. So last week we were talking about James Mangold taking over Boba Fett and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's put on hold. The Obi-Wan movie has been put on hold. They said that they're going to focus completely on 
episode nine and see where it goes from there. Interesting. Yeah. So. So Star Wars is kind of in the same spot as the, well, almost in the same spot as the um, DC franchise, just trying to figure out what to do next. Yeah, it, it definitely seems, it definitely seems that way. And, you know, um, I wonder how Star Wars is going to do when they open up the, you know, that next trilogy and it doesn't tie back to the, the original storyline, how successful it's going to be. So we'll yeah, see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, going down the list, number five is Deadpool 2. That did uh, $8 million over the weekend for a total of $294 million after five weeks. Superfly opened, and that did $6.8 million in its opening weekend. Uh, How much? Going down the uh, $6.8 million. Okay. Yeah, not, not bad. Number six for an opener. Yeah. Uh, number seven was the horror flick we talked about, uh, Hereditary, which did another six point eight million, taking them to twenty seven million total after two weeks. Okay. And number eight is Avengers: Infinity War. They did another five million dollars, which takes them up to six hundred and sixty four million after eight weeks. So, right now it is number four on both the U.S. and international lists. I think if it makes about another thirty five million in the U.S., it'll take number three. For both lists we'll see yeah we'll, we'll see it seems to be um you know i would imagine that you know probably be the eight nine or ten movie again this week and um yeah it, they, it may do it it may do it it may get it number may. three so uh after that uh Gotti opened up at number 11 making 1.7 million in its opening weekend hush Crap, man. There goes our goal of beating Gotti at the box office. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's that? Uh, oh, I was going to say about Gotti, I heard that, um, well, I read, I didn't hear, that it got a zero on Rotten Tomato score. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's a shame. Yeah, it sounds like a rental. Yeah, it sounds like a rental, exactly. Mm. Uh, that was number 11 number 12 was Race 3 and that was that movie I was telling you about it's the Bollywood uh, film that uh, was in the in Chicagoland it was basically at the AMC's only but it, it opened at number 12 and did 1.6 million in the US uh, hey that's not bad I would imagine that's probably very few theater like you said AMC in Chicagoland so I would imagine very few theaters uh, nationwide probably like LA New York stuff like that so that's respectable. Yeah, I mean, just for comparison, so uh, Incredibles 2 was in 4,400 theaters in the U.S. Uh, over the weekend. Wow. Uh, Race 3 was in 314. Wow. That's that's interesting. And um, it, it, today, in history, in 1975, Jaws opened. And it was the first movie to ever open with over 400 screens. So, Interesting. I, I did not know that. Yeah, it was the, also the first movie in the U.S. to make $100 million at the box office. Yeah, that's uh, that was Spielberg kind of setting the uh, the schematic for the big blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then for my last honorable mention, uh, coming to number 14 was my movie, Hotel Artemis, did $1 million in its second week for $5.8 million total. I got to think they made more. They they put more than that into that movie. 
the casting's pretty stacked. So, so I'm thinking just, you know, casting was the most expensive part of that film. So, yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, I think they probably could have marketed that movie a little bit better. I didn't hear a whole lot about it. Uh, I, it, it looks interesting to me. So that was the one that you went and saw. So, Yeah. You know what? The more I think about it, though, and the fact that it's not a high action, high special effects movie, to me, it really almost seems like a straight to Netflix movie. I've seen a bunch of movies that are kind of in that genre on Netflix, and maybe that's what the, the audience is kind of geared towards nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. It almost seems like it's got to be like a blockbuster type movie to get or or a really good word of mouth comedy to get people out consistently. It, it kind of yeah. seems that's that's the way people are going. Otherwise, people are like, I'll get it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or Redbox or whatever people use. I saw a stat, um, and it said on any given weekend, only about 10 to 20% of the U.S. population goes to the movies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people are just not big box office watchers like they used to be. Yeah, there's a lot more media out there, a lot more things to watch and how you can watch and everything like that. So, um, and, and tons of free, if not cheap content out there. Absolutely. Good free and cheap content. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's just some movies that you look at and you're like, I got to see that on the big screen. But there are other movies you look at, like, do you really got to go see a drama on the big screen? I don't know. Probably not. Right. So, so yeah, I think that plays into it a little bit. There's just so many things for people to do nowadays. And I, I, for one, I still love the movie going experience. I love sitting in the theater and, you know, there's nothing else going on, but you watching that movie. So, uh, yes, I, I love, I love the movies and I hope that I hope movies theaters stay around for a very long time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a real difference between uh, you and me. I've been thinking about this in terms of our, of our movie watching experience at home. Um, for me, movie, watching a movie at home, it's almost better than the theater. Um, I mean, I crank up the volume until the house shakes. I'm right there in front of the TV. I have no distractions. If I, I, I'm only distracted if I want to be distracted. You, you've got kids running around. You, you end up missing maybe a third of the movie because of the kids. Uh, and, and at night when you're watching stuff, you really can't crank the volume because the kids are asleep. So so for you, the theater is probably the better experience versus watching it at home. Yeah, I, um, I, I think that's part of it um, because to your point, it's like once the kids go to bed, that's the only time that like the TV is true. Like I can say, hey, I'm man, let me watch TV. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't do that because it's not that important to me. So most of the time it's whatever the kids want on TV. And then, um, after they go to bed, if I want to watch something, a movie, movies like, eh, I, I'm going to be tired in an hour. So putting on a mm -hmm. full movie is, is completely different. And to your point, it's like, it's not like it's something where I can watch like Twister and shake the house and everything. Cause you know, then my wife would get mad at me. Kids mm -hmm. would wake up, you know, the whole nine yards. So it's like, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I completely, I think you're onto something there because it's just, it's not, um, it's not the same in the theater. I can kick back. I know it's going to be loud and I know that's the only thing I have to worry about. So, mm -hmm. right. All right. So let's talk about what's coming out this weekend. Uh, of course the big opener, Jurassic world fallen kingdom comes out this weekend. 
Oh, the dinosaurs. I've been waiting so long for the dinosaurs. Yes. Uh, so I, so it's it's a Metascore. Its review is right at 51, a pretty low number. So I actually took a little bit of time and read through uh, a bunch of the reviews from critics and users. And the gist is the, the reviews no are all over the place. No spoilers. No spoilers. Okay. What I'm getting from this is the reviews are all over the place. So if you like the Jurassic franchise and you like Jurassic World, you're probably going to like this Jurassic World 2. In fact, some people are saying they like Jurassic World uh, 2 better than the first one. A lot of people are saying that. Okay. If you're not big into, into the Jurassic Park or Jurassic World franchise, if you think it's you know all made up, too kiddie, too whatever, this movie's not going to win you over and change your mind. So I think that's the real distinguishing factor. I think that's interesting. You know, that brings up a really good point for me is because, you know, you, you people review movies, right? And obviously people like certain types of movies and everything like that. And it's like, would you think if you didn't like the other Jurassic Park movies or Jurassic World movies, do you think like there would be any possibility you would go into this movie and say, oh, they finally got it right? From the reviews that I, I'm seeing, um, I would say no. But I, and honestly, on the other side of the of the, of the coin, uh, if I was making uh, this Jurassic World movie, I wouldn't want to try to appease those people. Exactly. Uh, I mean, the first Jurassic World made so much money. Yeah. Um, so in terms of if you if you're thinking about money, just follow the money and and you know try to repeat that formula and make as much money as you can. And the people that aren't going to like it, you know, to make a movie that 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 they would like, they would probably make less money. Right, exactly. I mean, you go to the people and you say, you know, when they did Jurassic World, I would imagine they did test screenings and everything like that. And it's like, hey, what are the things you liked about Jurassic, the first trilogy of Jurassic Park? And people are like, we like this, this, and this. So they essentially remade Jurassic Park as Jurassic World, uh, a little bit different storyline, toss a couple things here and there. But it, a lot of it is almost like a rehash of the first movie. Because people love the first movie. And, you know, I would imagine you go back, hey, let's make another one of these. Well, let's ask people what they like, what they want to see more of. Big, badder dinosaurs. Let's do that. You know, that's where the money is. Right, right. So I'm, I'm, I'm all down for uh, Jurassic World 2 as soon as my son gets back. Because that's the next time I have a babysitter. Mm. <laughs> I'll watch the kids. Uh, you'll watch the kids so I can go see the dinosaurs? Yeah. I'll tell my wife, I'll tell Tara, I'll be like, Derek said he'll watch the kids so I can go watch the dinosaur movie. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you what, I'll do I'll do a trade with you. Uh, I'll watch the kids so you can watch the dinosaurs so that I can take the kids to see Incredibles too. Ooh. But what about the baby, though? So you're what saying, do you mean? So you... You'll watch the kids. I can go see Jurassic World. Then later on, you take the kids to go see Incredibles. Yeah, either before or after. Yeah. Oh, we can make that work. All right, we'll talk about it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Mm -hmm. Moving on, sir. Uh, also opening this week, uh, a lot of movies I really haven't heard much about, but there's quite a few of them. Uh, we've got Damsel, which is a comedy drama western opening. Comet? That sounds weird. Comedy drama western? Yes. So it's like Westworld for uh, chicks, 
No, I'm sorry, not for chicks. Uh, no. Okay, so what's this? Okay, can you explain this to me? Because that's just a weird combination to me. Uh, in the Wild West, circa 1870, Samuel, an affluent pioneer, ventures across the American frontier to marry the love of his life, Penelope. He and his group of group transverse the, the West. A one simple journey grows treacherous, uh, blurring the lines between hero, villain, and damsel. So it's like Oregon Trail. Sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> okay, who's in this movie? Uh, it stars uh, Robert Pattinson. Oh, and... uh, Twilight guy. Yes. Mm, okay. And, but there's uh, no vampires in this. Uh, it doesn't say so in the uh, in the tag for the movie. No. <sighs> okay. And the and the woman in the movie is Mia Wasikowska. She was yeah. Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Yes, she was. Interesting. And it's and it's also directed and co-starring uh, David and Nathan Zellner, which I, I checked their track record. I a lot of TV stuff. It looks like their first time doing a movie or a, a, the, a theatrical movie. Okay. All right. Moving on, we've got the King. It's a documentary about Elvis Presley. Uh, I like Elvis. Like, uh, does it say like what point of his life, or just all in all? The tag is misleading. I don't quite get it. It says, uh, 45 years after the death of Elvis Presley, a musical road trip across America in his 1963 Rolls Royce explores how the country boy lost his authenticity and became the king while the country lost her democracy and became an empire. So it sounds like a bunch of people talking about Elvis. Uh, for the stars list, it uh, lists Alec Baldwin, Tony Brown, James Carville, and Chuck D. Chuck D. from like Run DMC. I mean, from Public Enemy. Yes, from Public Enemy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, I might have to check this thing out. I, I'm actually kind of intrigued. I, I'm a fan of Elvis, so. Uh, Meta, Meta score on it's decent, 73. So that's a that's a pretty good score. Okay. Yeah, I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is Boundaries, which is a comedy drama about uh, uh, Laura and her son Henry are forced to drive their estranged, pot-dealing, uh, carefree father Jack across the country after being kicked out of a nursing home. So. <laughs> uh, I think I saw the previews for this movie. Who's in this? This is with Vera Farmigo. Farmigo? Farmiga. Yeah. Yes. I have no idea how to pronounce her name. I know her, her work very well, though. Uh, her, Christopher Plummer, uh, Louis McDougal, and Christopher Lloyd. Yes, I have seen the previews for this movie. It looks interesting. It looks interesting. It, it does. And uh, Christopher Plummer, he's been on a tear lately. He's been doing a lot of good movies. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of stuff lately. Of course, he replaced Kevin Spacey in that one movie, uh, All the Money in the World. Yes, so, yeah, I, I think that'll be like one of the movies that I actually am able to watch at home uh, after the kids go to bed because there's probably not a whole lot of uh, loudness in the movie. Probably a lot of dialogue. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, check, I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, next one was a movie that just kind of popped out of nowhere. It came, it came on the release list today, and that's uh, The Catcher Was a Spy, starring Paul Rudd and Paul Giamatti. Yes, I've seen the previews for this, too. Interesting. A Major League Baseball player, Mo Berg, lives a double life working as the 
uh, ball player and Office of Strategic Services. Yeah, I'm in for that too because any most of the stuff I've seen Paul Giamatti in is awesome. So, uh, yeah, I saw the previous that I was like, that movie looks pretty pretty good. Another one I'll check out at uh, some point. Yeah. Next one sounds hilarious and strange. It is a comedy drama called Izzy Gets the Fuck Across Town. All, all about a woman trying to make it across town in L.A. to crash her ex-boyfriend's engagement party. Is that the one with um, Ice Cube Jr., uh, O'Shea Jackson in it? Uh, he's not listed on the list. Oh, maybe I'm thinking uh, of something else. So. Uh, he's got a movie coming out that sounds something like that. Um, but okay. So she's okay. trying to crash a party. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Who's in that? That is with uh, Aaliyah Shawkat, Mackenzie Davis, Haley Joe Osment, and Carrie Coon. I recognize one of those names. Yeah. A uh, couple of them, they're smaller parts over the years, nothing really big. Uh, the first one, uh, Aaliyah Shawkat, she's been in Arrested Development for a long time. She was in that show, uh, or that movie Whip It, about the um, roller derby. Yes, what did she do in that movie? Um, that was actually a pretty up. decent movie. I never Wait, saw it. Was it good? No? Was it decent? Oh, yeah, it was actually it was pretty good. Um, Daniel she was, Stern is in that movie. She was Pash. Yeah, that doesn't help me at all. Okay, very good. Yeah. <laughs> and Mackenzie Davis, I think I recognized her in more stuff. Yes, she was in Blade Runner for twenty forty nine. She was in The Martian. She did an episode of Black Mirror. Oh, okay. I know who that is. Very good. That sounds like a funny premise to a story, though. It does. It really does. Uh, Next movie is Spiral, which is a documentary. Uh, I will not see this in the theater, but I'm sure as soon as it comes out on Netflix, I will watch it because it sounds like a very morbid documentary, and I love a good morbid documentary. We got to go get you checked out, man. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, here's the tag for the film, and I, I knew nothing about this. Uh, look at the rise of anti-Semitism and assault against Jews in present-day France. Did you say present-day France? Yeah. Ooh. I had no idea about that. Interesting. I had no idea about that either. So okay. that's one I will definitely check out. It sounds depressing, man. It does. Most documentaries are, but... I learned stuff from them, and I enjoy learning stuff. That's true. I saw the previews for this documentary. It looks sad. Um, it's called, like, My Name is Alfred Chu, or Who is Alfred Chu? Okay. And Alfred Chu, I guess, was this contestant on Jeopardy that won a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess, like, it says the most hated contestant in Jeopardy history. So I watched the preview of it, and it's this, like this, um, this Asian kid, and I don't remember uh, what country it actually said is uh, he's from, but uh, he's an Asian kid that I guess was on Jeopardy, and I guess by the way he answered questions, people just didn't like him. He came across as cocky, but uh, mm, I was like, okay. I, from the previews, I was like, this looks like a pretty, pretty good flick. So interesting. Yeah, Alfred Chu, I think that was his name. Okay. And the last movie on the release list is Distorted, which is a action mystery thriller. 
thriller, excuse me. Uh, see, it sounds really cerebral, a lot of weird uh, mental stuff going on. And the tagline is very vague. It's just, you see the words bipolar, um, what else? Synthetic tele- telepathy, brainwashing, a uh, whole bunch of terms in there like that. But it's starring Christina Ricci, uh, John Cusack, Brendan Fletcher, and Vasilia Shannon. Mm. Yeah, I'll probably pass on that. That That's a red box one for me. Yeah. That's a black box, never get watch box one for me. But okay. Very right. good. So that's all I got for movies. Uh, for TV, uh, not that much has been going on for me on TV. So Supergirl wrapped up this week. And so that is the season finale. And it was. Yeah, it was okay. It, it was uh, the critics are saying that this was a rough season for them, so we'll see what they do next season. Okay, I, uh, I've I've never watched that show, but my I'm pretty sure my son and my wife watch it. So yeah, it's it's an okay for me. It's an okay show that has good episodes. Uh, I like the Flash more. The, the Flash, I think, more as a as a show that I, I like most of the episodes, and only some of them are okay. Yeah, they they watch the Flash and Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow and Black Lightning and and well, I should say they used to watch Arrow. There's like 30 Arrow episodes on my damn DVR that I just need to delete because I don't know if they're ever going to watch them. But and then they watch Supergirl. So and then I know they intertwine at points and stuff. That's just a lot of watching TV that I don't have time for. So very good. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, the only other show that I'm watching right now is I'm dying up here, and that's been going pretty strong. I, I, season two has been really good so far. I think I like it more than for season one. Yeah, that's the so, comedy one. Okay. Yeah, I definitely recommend that. Uh, for Redbox, a couple of good movies came out this week. Uh, Tomb Raider came out, as well as Pacific Rim Uprising. Did you see either one of those? I saw both of them. I, I actually got them both last night and watched them. How is Tomb Raider? Tomb Raider was okay. Uh, it, I, it started out really strong. I like the casting, but the the pace of the movie just seemed slow to me. Is it better than the Angelina Jolie version of Tomb Raider? I was pretty let down by the first one, and I and the second one I thought was I thought the second one was okay. It was pretty good. Um, this one, yeah, I I kind of place it where the second one was at, maybe a little lower. Okay. I never played I those games, and I'm not a necessarily Angelina Jolie fan. I don't dislike her or anything. It's just uh, I don't see the big deal. But, uh, yeah, so I never watched those movies. I never got into the games. I tried playing them, but they're puzzle-solving games, and I'm just not a puzzle solver. That's not my thing. Yeah, you're a morbid guy. You just want to kill shit. Exactly. <laughs> Preferably with a sword. There you go. I got gotcha. you. We're all on the same page here. And what about Pacific yep. Rim? I was not a fan of the first one. I okay. like this one a lot more. I've heard that from people that didn't necessarily like the... Now that's like... They, they call that kaiju, kaiju? Is that what that is? Yep. Yep, exactly. Okay. I really don't know what that means, but I just heard it and wanted to make myself sound smart. I believe it's a Japanese term that came from like the Godzilla movies and all that. So what is it, like Big Monster or something? Exactly. Okay. Very good. Yeah, 
Yeah, the, the the big monsters are kaiju, and the uh, the giant robots that fight them are called Jaegers, and they're called Jaegers because uh, scientists, so and so Jaeger, came up with the technology to for humans to be able to drive these big robots. So they're like big mech suits. Uh, kind of. They're big mech suits that two people have to drive because uh, they interface straight with the brain, and our brains, uh, one brain can't handle driving the entire thing, so you got to use two. And then you kind of have to have some sort of um, link between the two drivers. And some people are compatible with one another. Some people are not. Sounds like Voltron. Mm, it's not small things becoming one big thing. It's always one big thing. Okay. And two drivers driving them the thing simultaneously. It's not like I control the arms, you control the legs. It's like their, their minds link up and they're kind of controlling everything all at the same time. It, it's unique. I think it's an interesting premise. The first one I thought was, you know, really dark. It, it's all about, you know, saving the world and how stressful it is and failed expectations and all. And it's a, it's, it's got a real dark tone to it. This one's a lot more fun, a lot more funny. Uh, the guy that plays Finn in Star Wars is the star of this movie. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's funny in it. Uh, John Boyega, I think, is his name. Yep. Okay. Very Which kind of it kind of threw me off to be honest, because in Star Wars land, uh, stereotypically, you know, the Imperial officers all have British accents and the rebels have American accents. So Finn was a stormtrooper with an with an American accent, but now in Pacific Rim, he has a British accent. Now, is he from the U.S. or is he from he, Great Britain? He is. He is British. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We were watching something the other day. I don't remember what it was. Oh, we were watching the MTV Movie Awards. Mm -hmm. And Black Panther won a lot of awards. And uh, mm -hmm. when Chadwick Boseman came up there and the guy that played um, Mbaku, his name is escaping me right now, and they started talking and, you know, they didn't have the accents like they did in Black Panther – Tara was like, shut this off. This is all wrong. This is all wrong. They're not talking. They're not talking right. I thought it was pretty funny. So, uh, yeah, the, it, it, accents are an interesting thing, how people can disguise their voice and stuff like that. And then you hear them in normal, everyday life. And it's like, wow, they talk like that. So, yeah, the, the MTV Awards were on Monday, and uh, Black Panther and Stranger Things basically won everything. Yeah, pretty much um, they did. Almost everything. Yeah, it was it was definitely their their show right there, celebration of both of those movies. So I, I didn't even know it was on. I was just flipping through the channels. I was like, oh, MTV Movie Award. It's so much smaller than it used to be. I didn't even know what happened until uh, Chris Pratt uh, was in the headlines today for his speech from the awards. Yes, he had, he had a very. Uh, I thought he had a very good speech. He won the tra uh No, he didn't win the Trailblazer Award. Mm -hmm. Uh, he won the like a uh, lifetime achievement award type thing, I guess their equivalent of that. So and he had he had a very nice speech, I thought. Yeah, it was. He he had a list of nine things of uh, how to live your life, and he kind of balanced the list with comedy and seriousness. Yeah. And he kind of he kind of put in his religious and his spiritual beliefs into the speech, but he did it in a way that wasn't offensive or wasn't very. Um, specific on any particular religion. I think it was kind of more universal. And I thought he, I thought he did, did a good job with it. 
Yeah, I like the fact that he did he did that, and you know, it was more like uplifting and looking at things in a positive way, not like, hey, if you don't do what I tell you to, you're going to go to hell. You know, not nothing like that. It was it was a very positive the speech overall, and like you said, there was some funny moments and everything. So I, I rather enjoyed that. Very nice. So, All right, uh, how much time you got left? I've got about fifteen minutes. All right, I'm going to skip around a little bit, try to get some stuff in here. All right. All right, so I've been tr trying to do this for a couple of weeks now, but we keep on running out of time. I found a website called planetnorthwest.com. That's plan it, IT, Northwest. Okay. Uh, basically, it's a website that is for the Northwest suburbs, and basically every event is on the website that's going on in our area. Uh, it seems it's a it's tons of stuff. Uh, it's a great website because everything's on there. It's a horrible website because everything's on there. Okay, so, so you I got mean, you got to you got to sort through some stuff. Is what you do. Okay. So so what I did was my trick for this was I I filtered on family events and that seemed to be really helpful uh, to try to find stuff to do. So I've got some ideas on what things you could do with your family this weekend if you have time. Okay, give them to me. All right, so starting Friday, uh, we have a giant-scale RC air show at the Fox Valley Aero Club. And the picture that they have on uh, for the front of this event, uh, these uh, RC airplanes, they're, they're like the ones that are like five, six-foot uh, wingspan. It looks pretty neat. Okay, so it's, a, it's, a sh it's an air show with remote control plane. Yeah. Okay, where's this at? That is at the Fox Valley Aero Club, which is in St. Charles. I had no idea that this place existed. Yeah. All right, very cool. Uh, uh, moving on, uh, Swedish Days is in Geneva. Oh, yes, uh, that, that's right. I live in Geneva, and I completely forgot the Swedish Days. Yeah. I got to go get my lemon shake-up. Crap. Yes, you do. Yes. All right, very good. Uh, uh, Wheaton has their vintage rides. Uh, car show going on on Friday. Ooh, I uh, like that. There is a family fun night karaoke going on in Wilmette this Friday. Yeah, where's I had, Wilmette at? I want to go there. Wilmette is kind of by eh, north of Evanston, basically. That's not northwest suburbs. That's just north. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. That's far, though. I, I wanted to do karaoke. No, I'm not, I can't do that. I can't drive that far. Yeah. Well, maybe All sometime right. we'll work it in. We'll we'll, we'll go up to uh, the uh, 4DX theater, see a movie, and then do karaoke afterwards with the kids. There we go. We can go do karaoke, and we can sing "We Are Family." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, the big laugh is happening um, on Fridays as well at the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Theater in Schaumburg, and that is a family friend friendly uh, sketch improv show. I've okay. gone cosmic. I've gone cosmic bowling, but I've never gone to do cosmic golf before. So there is cosmic uh, golf night at the Coyote Crossing Mini Golf Place. Oh, that sounds cool. I've done cosmic bowling too when I was like in my teens. So that's yeah. interesting. They still do that. I used to hate it because I always played like heavy metal music and stuff. Really? Yes. I didn't like it. Uh, Not uh, one bit. The bowling alley is here. It's always like, uh, like club music that's three years old. <laughs> yeah, when I was a when I was a it was like Marilyn Manson and like 
stuff like that. So, which probably you probably wouldn't consider that metal. I don't know. Yeah. Marilyn Manson is metal. Yep. Okay. Okay. Very good. Is he still metal or is he not metal? Or was he just metal then? I would say he's still metal. It, it's uh, it's a different kind. It's darker and not not as metally, but yeah, he's still in the genre. Okay. Well, I, I I'm waiting for him to do like Steven Tyler and come out with a country record. <laughs> Knowing him, he would do it. I, so I I'd listen. I'd give it a shot. Why not? Yeah. All right. So this is an interesting one. I had to put on the list. Uh, if you if you want to brave the drive and go into Chicago. I don't, at, but go ahead. <laughs> at the conservatory, they have a very interesting play going on. Nick, do you like Shakespeare? <laughs> Not at all, but go ahead. <laughs> but do you like Batman? I do like Batman. They are showing at the conservatory Bat Hamlet, where they mix uh, Hamlet and Batman together into a show. Now I'm interested. Yeah, I guess the show was uh, written and ran about three years ago, and they brought it back, and it's been playing for a couple weekends now. Interesting. Hmm. So I, it's not not something I would go to, but if I lived in the city or if I was closer to the city, I would I would have to check it out out of curiosity. Yeah, like if it was playing in the suburbs, I'd probably like if it was at the Arcada or you know one of the local theater places, I'd probably mm-hmm. check it out. But I'm not driving in the city, but I am I am in, mildly interested to hear that. Yeah, to hear what me that too. is. So very cool. And then the last thing I got for Friday night is movies in the park at the uh, Round Lake area park district. They they're showing Peter Rabbit. I've seen Peter Rabbit thirty seven times. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it zero. Hmm. All right. Uh, so next time this... you watch the kids, I'll let you. I'll let them expose you to Peter Rabbit. <laughs> Jeez, thanks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can do without that. <laughs> All right, all right, moving on. So that's, that's all we have for the events in the, the local area? For Friday. We oh, just did Friday. Whoa. All right, very good. Now we're moving on to Saturday. Okay. What's going all on right, Saturday? Saturday, uh, Wheaton has their French market. Crystal Lake is going to have their beach party. Uh, there is a breakfast with pirates at Pirates Cove Children's Theme Park where you can have breakfast with pirates. They they do stories. They do a little bit of uh, events here and there. And then you can walk straight into the park afterwards. I thought you were going to uh, say, and then you can walk straight to the plank. Ah, uh, that would have been better, wouldn't it? Arg. Very good. Uh, at the Montgomery campus, we have a movie poster exhibition, which sounds interesting. A movie poster expedition? Exhibition? Exhibition, yes. Expedition. Everybody go find movie posters. (laughs) That's right. How does that work? What is an exhibition of movie posters? Like everybody just stands around, ooh, I like what they did with the light on Jaws there. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what any expedition, oh, you got me saying it now. That's what any exhibition is like. Very well. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on, at Rockford, they have a guided gallery tours of the main museum center for the Midway Village Museum. Also at the Montgomery uh, campus, where they're having the um, movie poster exhibition, they have a tie-dye party. Uh, if you got a, a really athletic family, there is a Mad Mountain Mud Run happening at uh, Berkeley Ballpark. Yeah, I'm going to take the kids to do that. 
You should. It's a mile and a half, two mile run, I think. Mm-hmm. Coated with mud. Sounds like fun. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a blast. But hey, uh, man. What's that? I said, but hey, if <laughs> that's your thing, if you if you like to waller in mud, go, go go to that place. Where did you say it was? Rockford? Rock County? Rock something? I can tell you that you haven't lived around here a long time. It's not. It wasn't. That one wasn't Rockford. That one was uh, Berkeley Ballpark. Yeah, which I was is way in, off. Yeah, Berkeley. Yeah, the the one before that was at Rockford. The museum tour. Oh, the museum tour. So, so Ber- Berkeley is doing the the mud run. Yes. Okay. Very good. Uh, fam- there's Family Day at the Elmhurst Art Museum. At uh, Katingi Park, we have the uh, Riverside Folk Festival. I've Katingi's been to that in, park before. In Wheaton? In, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's off of 38. Am I saying it right? Uh, I don't think so, but we'll go with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the Crystal Lake Park District, they're having a Family STEM Saturday with Squishy Circuits. What's that? Uh, do you know what STEM is? No. So STEM is stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math, and it's like a special program that you can put your kids into in order to like learn those subjects and get better at those subjects. So they're trying to promote um, kids kind of getting interesting in science, technology, engineering, math at an early age. So squishy circuits is basically when you take these circuits that are designed and you kind of like encase them into Play-Doh and to make little kind of like these Play-Doh creations. Interesting. I, it's, from the sounds of it, you've done this before. I have not, but I've thought about getting a job with STEM, actually, with the robotics program. Oh, very well. So you can sit around and play with Play-Doh all day? Is that the plan? Uh, for this Saturday, yes, you could. I meant for your career. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I, I think teaching kids robotics would be something that I'd be good at. And, and uh, I like the idea of kids getting kind of more involved and getting more exposure to programming languages and technology at a young age. I think that's great. You could build us a C-3PO. We, we, with a lot of money? Yes, we could. Not we. I wouldn't have any idea what to do. <laughs> that's why you got to come, come to the class. You got to learn. You're never too old to learn. Okay, we'll say hypothetically I'm going to do that. <laughs> All right, we'll keep that there. Uh, the last thing I got for Saturday is family fun night at the Glenview uh, Golf Course. Uh, is it going to be cosmic? Nope, it will not be cosmic. But you can have up to six people play for a flat $30 fee. $30 fee? Yeah. Dude, when did mini golf get so... Wait a minute, did you say golf course or mini golf course? A golf course, real golf. Oh, okay. Yeah, real golf's expensive. Yeah, that's a, that's a good price. Yeah, that's a good price for real golf. I've never been real golfing. Have you ever been real golfing? No, I have not. I had a friend that used to work at a golf course, uh, and he would invite me out every once in a while. But whenever he would go out, it was like it'd be me, him, the golf pro that works there because he was friends with the golf pro. And then this guy that had a golf scholarship for four years for college. And I'm like, no, I'm not going out for my first time uh, golfing with, you know, professional golfers, basically. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'd skip on that, too. I'd be like, show me the putt-putt. I want to hit the ball through a windmill. 
Yes, exactly. I'll do that. That's my speed. I love putt putt. It's so cool. That's my jam. That's my jam. That's my jam. Absolutely. And then I just got a few more things for Sunday. Okay. Uh, on on this Sunday, if you are a bleeding heart hippie liberal, and you yeah. want to be greener, you want to be better than the environment, you want to do all that good stuff. I'm totally for that. There is a green fair in Buffalo Grove. Are you sure that's not like a code for marijuana? Hmm. I'll let you know when I get back. Okay. Very good. <laughs> uh, let's see. In Oswego, we've got the country market. And, oh, this was kind of cool. At the Pavilion Gazebo in Elk Grove, they have the sun, the Summer Sunday Concert Series. And that night, it's going to feature a 20-piece big band doing swing music. That sounds cool. Yeah. And where's this at again? That is at the Pavilion Gazebo in Elk Grove. Starts at 6 p.m. on Sunday. 6 p.m. Sunday, Elk Grove. Now, is Elk Grove near Elk Grove Village? Is that the same thing? Same, yeah, same thing. Okay, I, I didn't know. So, okay. Actually, I, I don't... Yeah, actually, I think you're right. I think Elk. I think there is no Elk Grove. It is all Elk Grove Village. Okay, I think I know somebody that lives in Elk Grove Village, but I could be wrong. It could be Deer Grove Village or something else. I don't know. Mm. Um, Elk Grove Village is huge, and there's a lot of townhomes, homes, and condos and apartments. So, it very well could be. And they're doing like a, a, a swing jam session. On Sunday night. Mm-hmm. That's 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 actually interesting. Hmm. I want to. I'm gonna like take the like we had to drop Chase off Sunday afternoon at four. I could swing up there to Oak Grove and surprise everybody and be like, "Ta-da! Look, swing music!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could. That'd be cool. Yeah, and they'd be like, "What is going on?" Who are all these old people? Who are these old people? What are they doing with their hips? They're going to hurt themselves. <laughs> They're going to hurt themselves. I was going to say, uh, if it's 20s music, you know, people might be throwing out hips. Mm-hmm. I'm down, dude. That's that's cool stuff right there. You should have led with that one. I like that one. No, that's a yeah. Sunday night one. Had to go last. Okay, very good. All right. So- so that's the Northwest Suburbs for this weekend, brought to you by Derek yes, and that website that he mentioned earlier that I don't remember. Planet Northwest. Planet. Planet with an IP, planetnorthwest.com. Yes. It seems to be associated with the Northwest Herald, uh, because both that website and the Herald have links to one another on their main pages at the top. So if you can remember Northwest Herald, you can get the link to go to Planet. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Not to be complete. Confused with the Daily Planet or Captain Planet. Correct. Correct. All right, sir. So, you got anything else you want to bring up? Or I, I got some, I got a uh, fun yet disturbing story we can talk about. Okay, let's let's see if we can tackle this in the next five minutes or less. All right. So NBC Four uh, uh, came out with a news story written by Andy Long. And okay. it's been covering some some other periodicals, talking about how a study finds a surprising number of Americans think that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Get the hell out of here. Nobody believes that. Really? In a survey that was conducted by the Innovation Center of U.S. Dairy in April, 
1,000 adults, 18 and over, were asked a question about the role milk plays in their daily lives. Guess what percent thought that chocolate milk comes from brown cows? 20%. Yeah, it's not that bad. 7% thought that. And these are adults. Okay. If even 1% thinks that there's such thing as a brown cow, <laughs> maybe they're confusing with bulls. Maybe they see bulls out there and they're like, oh, look, it's brown. That must be where chocolate milk comes from. <laughs> And then they, and go, then they go try, try to, to milk, milk, it. milk the bull. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kingpin. <laughs> we don't have a cow. We have a bull. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's funny. I, that was information I did not know, Derek. So 48% of the respondents weren't sure where cho- chocolate milk came from at all. 7% <laughs> thought it was from brown cows. If you <laughs> add up those stats. down by the good Lord. <laughs> that's right. If you add up those stats, 16.4 million people in the U.S., which is the population of Ohio, have no idea where chocolate milk comes from. So you're telling me that all of Ohio has no idea where chocolate milk comes from? (laughs) I didn't mean it that way, but uh, the population number of Ohio doesn't know where it comes from, yes. How many people are in the city of Chicago? I don't know. Maybe four million? I don't know. Fun thing that I asked Derek to Google during our yeah. po- weekly podcast. 2.705 million as of 2016. Okay, so there are obviously more people in Ohio than in the city of Chicago. Yes. Okay, very good. Um, wow, that's that's a lot of people that have no idea. What are they teaching these people in Ohio, man? <laughs> You got to get Ohio out of your head. Well, it's kind of an. They were just using that because of the because of the population number. Oh, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go home and tell my kids. <laughs> Guess what I learned today? Ohio doesn't know where <laughs> chocolate milk comes from. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and you know what the story funny thing is? So that this percentage was. What, 48% total didn't know where it came from? There was a study done in the 90s that nearly 20% of people didn't know that hamburgers were made from beef. Did they think it was made from ham? But Yeah, I don't know. But 20% of people that were surveyed back in the 90s didn't know that hamburgers were made from beef. So this kind of corroborates the chocolate milk thing. People do not know where things come from. That's interesting. Huh. I guess I, I, you know, I never, like, I never questioned those things, but, you know, okay, very good. Um, wow. Those milk people, they need to get on the ball. They should be having commercials. Chocolate milk. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because, you know, the, it's called Innovation Center of U.S. Dairy is the, is the center that did the survey. So they're the ones going, oh, boy, here we go. So does strawberry milk then come from pink cows? I would imagine. Hmm. Mm. Maybe it comes from strawberry blonde cows. Uh, could be. It reminds me of that scene in Napoleon Dynamite where he's like tasting all the milk. This one got into a patch of onions. <laughs> this one's oh, been God. Naked. How old this is one... that movie? 
Oh, man. 15 plus years, I guarantee. All right, sir. I will talk to you later. We'll figure out something with the, um, um, yeah, the incredible With the young ones? Yeah. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We have no idea what we'll talk about next time, but I'm sure we'll have a good time doing it. Our email address is thecommutehome at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, drive safe, everybody.